0: Welcome to episode 59 of the Becoming Human podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Emery Ronald. He writes a blog that gives practical advice for backpacking and gear reviews. He also hosts an outdoors podcast, Byland. You can check him out at Byland.co. As an outsider, I thought backpackers, hunters, and outdoorsmen in general to be hardy and tough people born with a desire for adventure. I believe that people with these interests experience discomfort in a different way than I did. I remember growing up, and five miles seemed so difficult, and just to see some beautiful view. However, over time, my love for the wilderness had aged, and... My perspective on those uncomfortable moments, whether it is extreme cold from the snow, wetness from the rain, or whipping winds, they excited me. And my desires and interests became unrecognizable to when I began. After talking with Emery, I believe the outdoorsmen are simply shaped by these experiences and solicited by their wonderment and with gradual exposure our perspectives on these things change. It's been really helpful in trying to expose my son to the outdoors, starting slowly and showing him the very things that I find beautiful and exciting. Are you feeling paranoid? Are you afraid to go outside because you think that aliens or the government, lizard people, are listening to your thoughts? Well, fear not, mortal. I have produced a flat bill that can be found on becominghumanpodcast.com that was made to cover your tinfoil hat so you can get back to doing the things that you love. That's right. My proprietary design covers your ears halfway so you can conceal the foil and those prying family and friends will no longer give you shit about being crazy. But I have to give you a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor and this product will not ease your paranoia but I put a lot of effort into it. (laughs) And I hope you guys enjoy I was
1: over in the façade wilderness with my son, and we got over to Gardner Mountain, and I think it was like 5,000 feet or something. And a lot of snow there. Still... Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had the same problem. I was hiking, uh, tried to hike around Mount St. Helens two weekends ago, and I uh, had to bail off because uh, it was a no-go.
1: Oh, no. Do, do you um, hike with, like, crampons and use ice axes and uh, rope and stuff like that, or is that um, not something you've progressed towards. Uh,
2: no, it's, uh, you know, I, w- that's more mountaineering. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's a whole other skill set that one day I do intend to learn. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably not going to learn it on my own. I'd probably want to learn it from someone that knows what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, if I'm just, in so that's kind of why we bailed it. I was like, you know, uh, we were just in tennis shoes, you know, just regular hiking gear. And and I'm familiar with the trail. Usually I do it every year on Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh last couple times I've done it, no snow or hardly any snow, and then this year it was uh nothing but snow. And I was like, you know, when you're post-holing, and you know, you could you're you're just at risk. At, um, you know, mm-hmm. bad things can happen when you're miles in there, and so when you're falling through holes. So I was like, you know, trail will be here later. We'll come back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just for a little bit of context, you can quite literally fall into a hole, right? Like your entire body, not just one leg.
2: Oh, no, I went up to my chest for sure. Oh, whoa, really? Ooh. Yeah, because what ends up happening, when, especially right now, like uh, when the snow starts to melt, like at this time of year, it's kind of, you're not at like avalanche risk, I don't believe, but right now everything's melting, so you end up having, so let's say there's a tree or a rock. Um, the sun, you know, we've been having really hot days, so the sun heats up the rock, and then kind of starts building these caves underneath the rock where there might be snow on top but the rock kind of heats up and melts stuff underneath it and then you end up falling through these holes and sometimes you don't know like there was one time where my foot never touched the ground and I'm like okay cool because there's still like 10 foot snow drifts up there so uh yeah you just never know what you're gonna run into so it's just not worth it (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. That's nuts, man. Yeah. I, um, I I didn't realize that there was um, so many different, I, I guess, aspects or avenues to um, the outdoors, the backcountry. Like, for instance, there's people that I've met where they do, like, alpine skiing, and they yeah. they use ice axes and crampons, climb to the top of these ridiculous mountains. They're yeah. still doing it now, I think. And, yeah. um, and it, it, it's so cool because, for me, I used to just, day hike, you know, local trails or something like that. And to know that I don't have to be limited to that is really exciting for me. And, um, especially with, with managing like cold, because when I started, and I'm curious your experience with this, but like, uh, I was very averse to elements. I mean, if it wasn't a great day, it wouldn't be a good day to be out in the woods, but that's kind of changed for me. Um, has your perspective on like weather and your, I guess, emotional interpretation of it changed?
2: Yeah, so what ends up happening is what you're seeing in yourself is a is an adaptation to the environment, and I think that for the most part when someone starts, look, we don't live in caves anymore, we don't live um, outside anymore, so when we go into the elements, whether it's hot or it's cold or it's snowy or whatever it might be, um, for the most part we live in a moderate climate, so those things are extreme, and so they're not very fun to be in um right away but as you progress as you've experienced personally you're like okay cool well you know i used to just not have a good time when it was anything but sunny but now you're kind of like oh well the rain's not so bad or the, it's it's a little cooler out okay i can kind of deal with this and your your experience level goes up your comfort level with the weather goes up and it's just a progression and and as you progress in that you know you spend more time in the wilderness or you spend more time hiking in those elements you you get to the point where you're like you know what Actually, I'm okay being cold, or I'm okay, I know how to deal with the rain, and it doesn't have to ruin my trip. Whereas, like, if if you were to take someone on a backpacking trip or a hiking trip in the rain right off the bat, and they've never done it before, they're going to be like, this freaking sucks. But if they progress in their experience, you could be like, hey, you know what would be kind of fun is we should go on this hike in the rain and see what that's like. And you get to experience the wilderness because the forest is different in the snow. It's different in the rain. It's different in the fog. Um, like for example, for me, I hiked around Mount St. Helens the first time. I never saw the mountain for the, ever except for one like brief period of time. And it was, it was like, I was hiking through a dragon lair. You know, I was like, this thing is freaking creepy. You know, it was, and I, I you know, I was, you hike 30 miles and you don't see anything. And then you're supposed to see this mountain. And what I realized was, when I hiked it the next year, I was like, it was nice and sunny. It was like 90 degrees and super hot, and it completely changed the landscape for me where I wasn't even recognizing sections of trail because it wasn't socked in. And so, yeah, I guess it comes down to, like, experience. Like, you just see things differently, and, and what you're feeling in your body is, like, just an adaptation to the environment, and that usually comes with experience.
1: Mm-hmm. and i would say that that adaptation makes uh i guess the day-to-day life a little bit easier in certain senses oh sure yeah and i approached it like a video game i used to love rpgs and i didn't mm-hmm. uh get outside very much when i was younger but i had a blast you know playing those games and yep. um as i see it now is it's it's almost like you know when things become over simulating or overwhelming because they're so difficult or unbearable, it's very hard to see um, to enjoy that that situation, and, and like it, I've seen that in video games as well. But it's just essentially just another challenge, and tackling challenges yep. is, is fun. And, and whether that's Ab- weather or even getting up a mountain, you know.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's the you know, that, I think that's the beautiful part of uh, you know physical activity is that it feels good to go and do it. But then every once in a while, it feels really good to push yourself out of your own comfort level. And um, you don't want to do it, you know, too – you don't want to go crazy. I mean, some people do really well when they go crazy and they go far and, you know, the other end of the spectrum. But it feels good to push yourself, and it builds confidence, you know. Um, I was in the military for a while, and, and and they they push you to your limit, you know. They do the best during training to, like, push you to your limit so that everything else seems easier, you know. And then when you do get to those hard points, you're like, oh, well, I've been here before. I know what this feels like, and I know how to deal with it. And it's just incrementally, it's like working out a muscle, you know. You, you push it, you you lay off. You push it, you lay off. And then when you finally need it, it's there and you're like, okay, I know what this feels like.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's the same I, thing, I,
2: man, mental and physical.
1: And do you think that, that that there's like an essential component for your own self anyways um, to be able to, to push yourself in that fashion? And I don't mean just with like the backcountry or hiking or something, but just having some – something where you can push yourself mentally and physically.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that I'm the type of person that I've always enjoyed a challenge. Um, I think failing is a really good, or not failing, but, you know, um, I guess failing, I'm okay saying failing. Like failing at something is totally fine or like, you know, not reaching a goal is totally fine if I know that I put my effort into it or if I can identify if I've, did I give myself? Did I give it 100%, or did I did I kind of cheat myself and say, you know, well, did I give it 100%? Or did I give it 50%, and it's nice to it, it's nice to know where you land with that. And it, I think it's a personal, it, it, it's a really personal thing because some people say, well, I didn't accomplish this goal. I didn't. I I wasn't able to push myself through that. And and you could look at that and say, yep, you didn't do it. And you only gave it 50% or 25%. And you could be like, well, you could feel bad about that. Or you can look at it and be like, I failed at this. I didn't, I didn't reach my goal. I didn't reach the top of the mountain. Or I didn't reach the end of this class or whatever it was. And I dropped out or whatever it might be. And you're like, but I only gave it 25%. I wonder what would happen if I gave it 75% or 100% or 110%. And then you're like, okay, cool. There's room to grow there. And if you do end up, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I gave it everything I could. I gave it 110% and it, and it still didn't work out well, then you can go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, dissect it. Why didn't it work out? Was I not, you know, where was my mind? Where was I putting that energy into? So for me, I think I always naturally try to find things to challenge myself with. And whether it's in my, whether it's professionally or personally or um, creatively, uh, to some extent I am always subconsciously tra- challenging myself or at least keeping myself sharp as as much as I can.
1: To give context for that um, that desire to challenge yourself, is it more in the vein of um, curiosity or proving that you can
2: do it? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, I struggle with both. So <laughs> absolutely, well, it's 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 a blurred line a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you say, "Well, I'm going to prove it to myself," are you proving it to your like for me? And th- this is all personally. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, well, okay, and now now I need to start asking myself am I proving it to myself or am I trying to prove it to other people? Am I just like covering that up with like, I'd like to prove to other people that I can do this thing. And, and I'll just say like, I'm just proving it myself. Cause if I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, I really have nothing to prove to myself. I, I, I enjoy who I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, or is it, is it like the challenge of it? And I, um, it's, or to the, you said the curiosity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah when i when i hiked the pct i thought about this a lot cuz you're on um, okay let's go through let, I'll, I'll do a brief history of my life right um mm-hmm. i after after high school i joined the marine corps i don't know why i did it i want i mean i could tell you that it was uh a lot of it was due to patriotism i felt like i needed to do my time um for the country and and you know, spend four or five years doing that and, and serving my time. And, but I could have done that in the Air Force, right? I could have done that in the Navy or I could have done anything else. And, and, but the Marines had that thing, you know, they had that one thing they there, like, well, I don't know, can you do it? This is supposed to be the hardest branch, you know, can you do it? And I'm like, well, I don't freaking know if I can do it, but I want to try it, you know? And, and so I'm curious about this thing. Now um the Marine Corps, I, I love it to death, but it did not fit my personality. So, um, I wanted, I, I kind of wanted to prove to myself that I could do it, but I was also really curious if I could do it. I don't know where that, and I also probably a lot of me, myself at 18 wanted to prove to other people that I wanted, that I could do it. Uh, I don't know where that ends. You know, I don't know where the one begins and the other ends. Um, yeah. And then uh, when I got out, I wanted to learn to fly helicopters. Uh, I wanted to be a commercial mm-hmm. helicopter pilot, so I, I jumped in a cockpit and I learned, I got my private helicopter license, and then, you know, I was done with that, and I was like, well, I can do this. I did it. And I, now I don't really want to do a commercial pilot gig. And I'm like, well, shoot, what am I going to do, you know? So, uh, what, you know, it started changing from, you know, personal challenge to, like, curiosity. And it flips back and forth. And then fast forward to, like, a PCT type of thing, hiking a couple thousand miles in a summer, trying to accomplish a goal that has, like, you know, are you a through hiker or are you not a through hiker? Did you hike end to end? you know, one solid trail and there's all these different variations of this thing and and what is a thru-hiker, what's a backpacker. It just gets really muddy and and why am I doing this in the first place? And then you get to like a really bad day and you're like well why the hell am I doing this in the first place? Like, this is silly. And so you ask yourself if you're doing it for yourself, are you doing it for other people or are you doing it out of curiosity? And I think for that trail, I was curious. Like, I was just, I I, I dwindled it down to being like look, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I have, I, I love who I am. Like I'm confident in myself. I'm curious if I can do this thing. I'm curious if my body's going to hold up and I want that mental challenge. I'm curious what's going to happen in my brain.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you find your experience was like towards the end of the PCT?
2: Um, you know, it, it, what ended up happening, there was a, there was a physical shift and a mental shift. There's something that happens in your mind and body when you are exerting yourself day after day after day, mentally and physically, for thousands of miles. And it at first it became you're very uncomfortable. If, if this was this the first time I did something like this, um, you're very uncomfortable in your own skin. You're You're questioning if you can even do it. The map is looking really big. The border is really far away. And you just slowly chip at it, and you don't feel like you're doing it. You know, you don't feel like you're a part of the trail. You you feel like you're just this um, alien that's like, I'm not – this isn't who I am. All these other hikers are who they are. I'm not a hike. I'm not a thru-hiker. I'm not doing this. But then you hike a 1,000 miles, and you're like, I I, I guess I'm doing it. Like, I've done it. Okay, I've hiked a 1,000 miles that's no easy feat you know that's cool I'm getting there and then somewhere around you know 1500 miles this like it's some and I'm sure it's different for everyone but what ends up happening is like your mind all like all of a sudden your mind gets stronger and your body gets stronger and they meet up because at that point variations at various points throughout the trail it's it's everything's just like cattywampus. You know, your mind's really higher, your body's really low and, and vice versa. Everything's, you know, not meeting up. And then all of a sudden what happens is your mind and your body meets up and they become this machine. And you're, you're crushing miles. You know, you're like flying through 25 miles a day and and you're like over mountains and you're like, give me that mountain. You're like, I can, I can do that mountain. You're like, give me the give me everything you got and you give me the weather i can take it and give me the give me the mental strain and you you know, it's a 100 miles between me and that other town done consider it done i'll be there in four days you know four days or less and and so you're meant you're mentally strong you're physically strong and you're just proving yourself worthy of your own self day after day but what ends up happening is like those things that you thought you were really sub, self-conscious about like well, am I a hiker? Can I do this thing? Well, you're, you're doing it and you're realizing you're doing it and you're like, hell yeah, dude, I'm a freaking hiker. I'm crushed. I just crushed 30 miles a day. Like dang, I forget. And I earned it. You know, no one gave it to me because I'll be honest with you. The first two months, you know, you're struggling to make 15 miles a day and feeling good at the end of that. You hike 15 miles a day for a week and you're like, I feel like death. Well, 15 miles was like 15 miles was done by lunchtime, you know, by the end of the trail. So um yeah you you go through this process mentally and physically and what ended up happening for me I started the trail with one thing in mind and that was to get to Canada I wanted to hike as much of the trail as I could and I wanted to consider myself a through hiker and by the end of the trail um I really didn't care honestly I I like no one cared well, you know, you, you're you're in the desert. You're in the south of the, the you know, the Mojave Desert in, in California, and everyone's kind of, you know, hey, hey, how many miles are you doing? How many miles are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm doing 15 to 20. You know, everyone's like, oh, no, I'm doing 13. I'm doing and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing 17. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm taking no, no days off, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you're comparing yourself to all these people. By the time you get to Washington and you've hiked, you know, 1,500-plus miles, no one get, no one freaking cares. And the fact that, like, I don't care if you're big, tall, you know, fat, skinny, if you're, you know, I don't care what you are, skin color, you know, sex, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're, if you're on that trail and you, you made it there, that's the only thing that matters. And it, it just matters that you're on that trail and you're enjoying yourself. And there is a significant, uh, change in attitude amongst hikers. No one's asking how many miles you're doing. People are just, they just say, how are you doing? You know, how is the trail treating you? And they're like, and you're just like, it's good, man. It's good. And it becomes more about um, the experience instead of the miles. Um, and the idea of a thru-hike kind of evaporates, evaporated, at least it did for me. <laughs>
1: did that perspective, did that surprise you?
2: I guess it did kind of shock me. Because I went into it wanting this label of, of uh, a, a hiker. And I, I skipped due to snowpack and a bunch of other elements. I skipped 600 miles of the trail through the Sierras, which is what most people, you know, go to the trail for. And so I had to, I had to kind of reframe what I was doing on the trail and, and I took a hit to the pride. I realized a lot of pride was wrapped up in, um, those miles and the idea of being a thru hiker. So I think when I started the trail, I didn't expect to have that shift in mindset. I expected to be, I expected to, to just be all about it all the time. Um, so I was really, really shocked to see my, my attitude shift from letting that go, like being like, okay, I'm going to let this thing go and I'm going to be okay with it. Um, if I don't hike 600 miles, it'll be there whenever I get to it. And if I, if I don't get to it, so be it. In the past, um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I, I I don't recall ever having my identity wrapped up in a thing. Um, I think that I was always wanting my identity to be wrapped up in, say, the Marine Corps, or being a pilot, or writing music, or something like that. You know, that would be my identity. I always thought that like. Cool. If I, if I if I can accomplish this thing, then I am this thing, and this is who I am. And I think I always went into something, and hopefully this is making sense. But I think I always went into something with the idea of like, dude, I'm going to come out the other side, and I'm going to be a marine, and that's who I'm going to be. And then when I would do it, and then I went to boot camp, and I became a marine, and I'm wearing a uniform, and I'm given the eagle, globe, and anchor, I'm like, that's not who I am, like. Oh, that's just like an asterisk. You know, it's like Emory and being a Marine is not the same thing. It's Emory is in the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps is a part of him, but that's not who he is. Um, And it surprises me so many years later that I went into the PCT thinking, well, I'm going to be a thru-hiker, and I'm going to pop out on the other side, and people are going to be like, Emory, you're a thru-hiker. Congratulations, you hiked 2,650 miles. You were a thru-hiker on the Pacific Crest Trail. I should have been smart enough to to realize, like, I am who I am, my identity is who I am, and nothing that I do is going to change that. Like, being a through hack is not going to change who I am. It's just only going to enhance um, various aspects of who I am, if that makes sense. Like, it's going to add to the pot.
1: Yes. Oh, does that make sense? Love, yeah, that does, and I, I love the way that, that you put that, because in my, for, like, jujitsu, right, um, I would think that, like I, I would go after that, and I am, you know, um, my ability to to compete and how well I'm learning and stuff. And then when people uh, would, would learn better than me or quicker, right? Like someone would come in, and I've been there for six months, and they're coming in there just now, and within two months they're able to learn like triple what I have.
2: Yep. And
1: if, if I attach myself to that thing, like I am a jiu-jitsu person, and um, I am falling behind in jujitsu and now yeah. like my, my idea of myself crumbles. And yep. I realized that like that even when I didn't do these things, I'd always play very similar games with myself or attaching myself or to pride, if you will, um, to, to things. And I realized that regardless of what I do, if it's unhealthy behaviors or healthy behaviors, it was still the same game. A- Absolutely. And that, like going through, whether it's a competition or uh, Um, Climbing a mountain, you know, going on these like hikes or ultra running, I'm often reminded that I am not that thing. I'm me, and and it does. You're right. Enhance specific aspects of your character, or um, Mm -hmm. just makes you confront different aspects of your character. Like, like you said.
2: Well, it'll bring things. It'll bring different things out. Like I wish. Mm -hmm. Like I think I spent a lot of miles thinking about stuff like this, and. And I think we're, if I had one wish for myself going into to new things, I mean, I'm about to be in, in less than three months, I'll be the father for the first time of a little girl. And so oh, <clears throat> thanks, man. So I'm, I am know I've been looking forward to this my whole life. You know, I, I would have had kids when I was like 20, you know, 18, you know, I'm, I'm that guy that always wanted a family. Mm-hmm. And now I'm about to have one at 34. And so I'm like, man, I just want to be the best dad I ever can. I want to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, just this conversation is kind of making me realize no, dude, like take it easy, like be who you are and that, and then allow this fatherhood to, to, to enhance who you are and be the best you can and, and know that like, Hey, there might be a better dad out there. There might be a better person. You know, there might be someone that could be considered better than you, but that doesn't take away from who you are. And it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean you're less of a person. So, um, yeah, those, these things in life that we do, these challenges and these, these events, negative or positive, should add to um, add to the mix of who you are. Like it should always mm-hmm. add to it. And and if you can't take a lesson away from something, then I I think if you don't learn from climbing a mountain, if you can't learn from learn something from climbing a mountain or uh, taking a class or whatever it might be, then the only failure in life, in my opinion, is the failure to continue to learn and to, to like, iterate and and not um, – if you, if you refuse to learn lessons, I think that could be considered the only failure that I could ever think of.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree because as a child, I would think, oh, I, I'd read a book and I'd go straight to the Cliff Notes, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. books are awesome and they have, like, such cool um, different perspectives, and mm-hmm. they, they in, enhance – your perception of life and, and, like, widen the spectrum of experience. And uh, I didn't realize that learning is life. Like, I thought, oh, I'm going to be an adult, and then I'm going to do whatever yeah. I want, or, you yeah. know, everything's going to be awesome. It's just like what we're saying is, like, I'm going to hike the PCT trail, and I'm going to be – my life's going to be awesome, or I'm going to be this thing. Yeah, It's always that. And in reality, it doesn't change all too much, just different faces. Like, mm-hmm. you can even look at your whole experience in, on the PCT, is just struggle learning, struggle learning. Mm-hmm. Reiterate it. And, and it's many different, you know, and it's not for everyone. You're right. Like, if you go take a class, if you're into painting, it's still struggle learning, struggle learning.
2: Yeah. And, and that's that's life, though, right? Like, I mean, these are just life things, and I think that a lot of people – someone told me once, like, be com- you know, they, they said it in regards to hiking a trail. And they're like, get used, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that that applies to a lot of different aspects. Like if you have a problem talking to strangers, talk to strangers. Like be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's okay. Like, you know, start small. Like start by saying hi to the person next to you in Starbucks. You know, hey, how's, how's it going? Hi, wave. Start with a wave, you know. And the next thing, you know, like comment, you know, try commenting on their shoes, you know, or something like that, you know. Use your words or make eye contact. You know, um, be comfortable being. You know, get get comfortable being uncomfortable is a very good mantra to to use going forward in a lot of different things because the only thing that comes of that by being uncomfortable is like comfort and being mm-hmm. like cool. Because then the next time you know that wave on that person at Starbucks isn't gonna it's gonna be like dude I could go over there and have a full on conversation with them a is easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and I'd also say that the the people who, who do something well, whether that, you know, hiking, um, painting, the, there's some aspect of – like, all the things that, that we go through um, from the outside, you may not see, that, like, your role models going through that. However, it's a very real thing for everybody. Yeah. Like, it, just like you were saying with the PCG, like, you had moments – where you know moments of doubt, and, and it wasn't all jolly, and you didn't think you're going to make it through, or you don't want to, at some points, and like, mm-hmm. uh, that's just a, an aspect of pursuing anything. I mean, I mean, yeah. everyone that I've that heard, including yourself, I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to have fun with your kid because that's something that I experienced with my son. He's six, and I, I try to put it in simple terms, but you know, pursuing the things that are that are uncomfortable and like. Even the little tiffs that he gets in with other children—it's so much fun to work through those with him. Yeah. Um, So, if you could, uh, what would be the no? What would be the essential components that remind you of adventure, or like a moment that just captures your idea of adventure?
2: Um, my idea of adventure. You know, I think adventure can come in so many different aspects. Yeah. I mean, adventure can come in a relationship, a new relationship, or it could be a um, a place that you've always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and and I or, think,
1: if, if I could rephrase it, I would say um, th- that, like, if you could describe that what excites you so much about going into the back country?
2: Okay. I think what it is when it comes to that and when it comes to adventure, when I think of like, I'd like to go on an adventure. I think what it is in the backcountry is, is there's always the element of the unexpected. For example, um, I've done that hike around Mount St. Helens a couple times, right? Both times it's been completely different. And the third time, I had to I had to bail out because there was too much snow, and it was, in my opinion, not worth it, right? I had not expected that to happen. I expected to go into that day hiking out from the trailhead, being able to come out three days later, having hiked around the mountain, right? Now, this is a place that I've been multiple times. I've hunted on the mountain. I've hiked all around it. But on this one day, in this one weekend, this time of year, that wasn't going to happen. And so I went into that thing thinking I had all the cards laid out, right? I was like, "This is it. we're going to camp here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And halfway through the day, you know, not even halfway through the day, by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, well, this isn't working. And even though it was a very familiar place, there was this element of adventure in that I was now having to solve a problem. Okay, Emery. Let's solve the problem. We got a lot of snow to deal with here. Okay. What's happening? Is it good? How's everyone doing in the group? What is, are people struggling? Is it safe? Okay. So far, so good. It's safe. Okay. Now people are post Now people are slipping and sliding. People's feet are wet. They're kind of uncomfortable. We've gone half the distance we intended to by lunch. Okay. Let's take another look at this thing as if this is, if this is what we want to be doing. And then, making the call to adjust plans and to be like, Hey guys, we're going to do this now. To me, that's an adventure. We actually went one night and a quarter of the miles that we intended to. But, but there was like, oh, i tell you what, I won't ever forget that that weekend. I'm going to be like, Hey, remember that time we tried to go up on Memorial day weekend, and hike around Mount St. Helens. We ended up not only hiking through 10 miles of snow, but we got, we tried to hit this other trail, and the trail was blown out, and there was no trail because it hadn't been maintained in years, and we had to just end up roadwalking back to the truck. Well, that's not much of an adventure, right? But to me, I think it is an adventure because there was so much unexpected and, and problem-solving in that. So I think that's what I enjoy about the backcountry, where I like going in there is you just never know. When, once you leave the trailhead, all things are equal, you know? Uh, Mother Nature wins, and you're there to be a passenger,
1: When I was a kid, I'd be, you know, in systems where there's artificial consequences. And I guess this would be a very personal thing. Well, no, because even in comedy, right, if you were to uh, bomb or not do well, there Mm -hmm. is artificial consequences. It's not going to last forever. However, there's like a real social element to that of failing Mm -hmm. in front of like a crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or or painting and then, well, maybe not painting. But just having those consequences, it it almost uh, fired me up. Because, yeah. you know, you have to, if you don't pack your um, tent appropriately, if you don't understand how to unpack it and pack it up or even um, level on any of your gear, like you didn't, you cut corners, there's real-life consequences to that. Oh, totally. You have to take it yeah. seriously.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you can be the smartest guy in the world. Or you can be the richest guy in the world. As a, you can be a supermodel, and <clears throat> that doesn't freaking matter. You know, like the na- nature does not care who you are. Um, if you, like you said, if you, if you get something or if you pack something wrong or you made a mistake, all, everyone's equal at that point. Um, cause and effect is very, I think that's one of the benefits of, of the outdoors is, you know, we talked about in the beginning, you know, like, oh, well, sometimes it's not really fun to hike in the rain or sometimes it's not fun to hike in the cold. Well, it, you know, the elements will get you. And if, if you make a mistake, it's there to teach you, you know. And hopefully it's not that drastic of a mistake. But I think if you allow nature to, to teach you lessons, it will. And if if you always go out when it's really, really nice, that's great. That's awesome. But you should be prepared for when it, it's not so nice and, and you can learn some lessons there too. So, um, yeah, it's a good learning place. And I think, like you said, I mean, even if you're playing a video game, there's cause and effect. and and, uh, or on stage singing or whatever it might be, you're doing something. And if you're, if you look hard enough, there's going to be a lesson to be learned, even in a video game. I mean, everywhere around you, there's, I think, if you, if you really, really analyze it, there's certainly lessons to be learned.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and even I think it's now that you, you've said that, I think it's cause and effect that you're invested in, however, yeah. It's like, a seemingly life or death situation. You, yeah. Everyone's generally invested in that. However, if yeah, if I were in school and if I were of the mindset of ah, I don't care about this, then well, the effect um, yeah. doesn't really matter so much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always had an interest in the outdoors, or was there like a, a, a moment that sticks out to you when you realized your interest?
2: Yeah, uh, I've always been interested in the outdoors. I did not I did not grow up in a crazy outdoorsy family. Um in fact, sometimes I have a hard time um considering myself like, you know, oh, Emery's a hunter. Emery's a you know, outdoorsman or Emery really loves backpacking. He goes all the time. Because I know guys that go way more than me. Like they're gone every weekend hiking miles and miles and miles. And so I have a healthy interest in the outdoors. Uh where it started, I don't really know, you know. I I've, I've kind of always been a you know, I like history. I like the idea of like these uh, explorers, you know, some of my, man, I, I, you get me talking about Lewis and Clark, you know, the expedition of Lewis and Clark and I'll talk, I'll talk my head off all day long. And there's like these elements of history and like this exploration this unknown. And, and I'm kind of an old soul. So I have these like romantic ideas of, of the outdoors being this like, you know, very, you know, it's like a, it's like a weird romance with the outdoors, you know, bromance, if you will. And, uh, (laughs) and I, you know so it started but the thing is for me i just never had access to it and as a young kid you know i wanted my dad to take me hunting he wasn't really into it he did take me but it wasn't to the extent that i wanted it to be um i always dreamed of having that you know that that hunting family that went to elk camp every year and got an elk and had these big adventures and that wasn't me right so um you know when i got home from the marine corps Started taking the interest in the outdoors a little more. Like I wanted to go backpacking and go hunting a little bit better, and it kind of just kind of just evolved from there. But I don't really recall an exact moment in time that I was like, you know what, the outdoors is what I really really like. And I think it kind of just it ended up becoming a part of my personality, I guess. Like I find it very peaceful out there. There's something that it's something to look forward to. And it doesn't have to last six months. You know, it can last six hours, and it feels very refreshing. I think what attracts me outdoors is the is the peace that it can give you, just a refresh, mm-hmm. you know, hit the reset button. Mm-hmm.
1: And I ask that because I've been in a variety of disciplines just to get by, like whether autoglass technician or a chef, mm-hmm. and I would meet people who, who loved it and they wanted to do it to its entirety, and then other people mm-hmm. who are, like, kind of, Stuck and they didn't yep. know what they wanted to do. They were just kind of there. Um, however, I've been cycling through things until things started to click, and I've been trying to pinpoint it for the outdoors or you know, writing. For instance, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I've always wanted to be a writer, but I've been writing since I was 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just it's nice to be able to meet people like yourself though, who have something where they. They've kind of got an idea of of what they what they enjoy, and they're pursuing it further because I think sometimes it's hard for people, you know, whether it's oh, totally. to settle or or they don't you know know that you know it's to cycle through because there's many different things out there that might garner their interest.
2: Oh, dude, I th- I think you know a person like yourself um, that's gone through a bunch of different iterations of of things you might be interested in and want to do. To me, I mean, I just, I think that that's such a beautiful thing because you, it, it turns someone into be very, you end up being very well-rounded and being like, you know, when you finally settle on this thing that you're like, you know what, I do love writing. That's what I really love doing. You know that. You're not, you know, you You know you like that thing because you've tried these other, these other things and you're like, yeah, they just didn't do it for me. And then you can identify in yourself yeah, I guess I did like this thing that I've, 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 it's always been there. It's always been a, a, in the back of my mind, I've just never enabled it. And now you're able Mm -hmm. to enable it. So I think the same thing for the outdoors for me, you know, like it's always been there, but now I'm enabling it and it's clicking for me. And I, and I'm able to, people come to me for a little bit of advice from time to time and, and they're like, oh, that's a good way to look at it. And I'm like, man, I don't think I'm any sort of like Buddha here. Like, I'm not trying to blow your mind. It's just for some reason the outdoors, like the way I approach things, makes sense to some people, and they they can identify with it, whereas um, a lot of people just do it and they can't, like, verbalize it, I guess. So, yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah. Um, So with the outdoors, like, if you can – put your finger on like one of the most frustrating moments that you had in the outdoors and what were coping mechanisms that helped you through that?
2: Um, I, you know, when, when I'm in a, I think one of the most frustrating things in my, in the outdoors that happens and I'll, I'll take hunting an animal in the outdoors is, is about as frustrating as it gets. Um, <laughs> Yeah <laughs> They are. There's a lot of debate over you know if, you know if hunting is ethical and whatnot, but until you've actually done it and you've tried to pursue an animal and in, in its environment, in the weather, um, and you're trying to to do it the right way, dude, it's really freaking frustrating um, mm-hmm. because you're you're invested physically and emotionally in this thing. You want you want this end result. And it takes so much patience, and it takes so much perseverance, and it could be years of, of hunting a, a, a hilltop where you know this animal is at and inhabits. Ha- and, and, and what ends up happening for me, at least, is is I feel like a failure a lot. And and by that, I mean, man, why didn't I stay out there longer? Why didn't I wake up this morning? Like, why, why did I not do this? Why did I not do that? Am I a freaking... Wimp by not staying out in the in the snow. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? And it's it's like a a million different um, second guessing moments. And and how I get through that is I'll leave a mountain early, and I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna pack it in. Like I got here, I'm looking at my clock, and I'm like, whatever, man, they're not coming. Like I might as well just pack it in. And there was this one, I'll tell you, like. I had this one moment where like every every time I'm out there, I try to take something from it, even if I think I failed that day or even if i feel like I didn't do it the right way, I think to myself I'm building on experience, like even if I'm frustrated even if i'm I'm like demoralized, i'm like I thought I knew where they were at, and they're not here um I think to myself, emory, you're building experience every single time every single time you feel this way every single time you step foot in the field, you wake up in the morning, that is one more notch on your belt of experience. And it doesn't matter if you spent four hours out there or 40 hours, you know, you're gaining experience. The fact that you spent any amount of time out there is experience and lessons learned. And that helps me through the frustration. And mm-hmm. there was a, there was this, I, I, I had this moment a few years back where I was hunting this hills. Freezing, freaking cold. The wind was whipping. I was frozen to a, the bone. I hiked in like a mile or so on this ridge, and it was the, it was late November, and I knew I had figured there was some there was a buck in the area, and I hunkered down on this on this uh, rock outcropping on this trail where I thought these deer would come through, and uh and I'm about you know, my goose is cooked. I am frozen, solid, like a block of ice. And I'm like, I got, I got to move around. So I get my backpack and I'm getting up and out of the corner of my eye, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. Out of the corner of my eye, I catch this, this beautiful buck coming in and I'm like, oh my Lord, are you freaking kidding me? So I, I get, you know, I get ready. I crouch down. He comes in the wide open. He's 30 yards away from me. He's like stone's throw. Right. And then I'm like, This is happening. This is amazing. Like, what an amazing hunt. And I was just about to leave, you know. And uh, my rifle wouldn't go off. I I pulled the trigger. I pulled the trigger. Nothing goes. Nothing happened. Pull it again. Nothing happened. I put another round in there. Nothing happened. Nothing is happening. I went through every single one of my bullets, pulled them out, picked them up, put them back in, shot again, shot again. And this buck, this beautiful black-tailed deer is like, it's the most perfect scene, right? It's like snow, you know, snow-covered ground, uh, pine trees, view of like, you know, the sun's rising. Uh, There's this beautiful landscape and there's this beautiful black-tailed buck standing in front of me with this huge, you know, rack on him. And I'm like, oh man, and I can't shoot him. For some reason, my gun was not working. And I sat there and I just like put my gun down and I was like, you know, I guess it's not going to happen. And I just put my gun down. And I was like, you know, the least I can do is just enjoy the moment. So I sat there and stared at him. He was staring at me and we had a staring contest for probably like the next 30 seconds until he was like, I don't know what's going on here. And he got out of there, right? And, I, and I thought to myself, I was like, I will never see a deer like that ever again. I just blew my chances. Tomorrow's the last day that I'll be able to hunt for next season, and I'm like, I might as well just pack it in, right? And I was so frustrated, and I was like, I was happy and I was frustrated at the same time. And and I go home and I'm just like beating myself up. I'm like, what happened, you know? And the next morning comes and I got one more morning, and I was like, there's no freaking way there's going to be a deer there. Blacktails, if you ever hunt at blacktail, like they're just not creatures of habit. They're they're sure. so tough to hunt. And it's so cold up there, man. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't want to waking up at four o'clock in the morning. And finally I like drag myself. My alarm goes off my, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. There's no point. And I was like, Emery, if you don't freaking go up there, you won't know. So I, I drag my ass out of bed and I, I make breakfast. I drive up there and I'm, I hike in, it's freezing cold. My beard's, you know, freezing from the, from the moisture of my breath. And, First light. I'm sitting in the dark, same spot that I saw this buck the day before, and the sun slowly starts to creep up. I'm starting to see the shadows, and uh, it's shooting light. You know, I can start seeing things move in if, if it was coming in, I'm not sitting down, but 20 minutes, and a different deer comes in. I I harvest the animal, and I'm back. I'm back at. I'm back at taking a shower at my house by noon. <laughs> oh my I gosh! Like, I was like. I drove home that night. I was all alone. It was a solo hunt. It was the first time I ever hunted solo um, successfully. And I, I remember driving down. I remember walking up to the animal, dragging him out, like doing the whole you know process, like you know always giving thanks for for the meat and all that stuff, like being very respectful and like just enjoying the moment, enjoying the scene, um, you know, taking care of it, bringing it to the processor, doing that whole number. And I have thought about that deer ever since that moment, and I think about the buck before, and I think about that spot every time I go back, and the frustrations that go into it and the failures that I thought I had and and the things that I thought I screwed up, I'm like, man, you just got to keep going. Like, (laughs) you just got to keep hunting over and over again and just keep going back, and sometimes you fail, sometimes you leave early, and sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes your gun doesn't go off, or sometimes – Your truck dies on your whatever it is, but every time you go, you learn something. And, and, uh, to me, that's what it's all about. And that's a really long way of saying, like, to deal with frustration in the field. I think you just have to keep doing it. You know, you just got to keep iterating. You just got to keep after it. And, uh, I think if you give up, think about if I, if I had never, if I hadn't woken up that next morning. I wouldn't have the story to tell you, you know? It would have been like, dude, I saw this buck the night before, and it was beautiful, and I couldn't shoot it. There's no story I, there.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's – wow. That's a powerful, man. Like I, I've had a couple of occasions, too, that I can think of where I woke up, and it was – I think I had, what, two two days of the season left for archery? and. Yeah. I'm like, ah, not today. I'm just, I'm just not gonna to yeah. stay inside. And, and those. So what I would do is, I, I would tell myself, all oh, those only two days. You're not gonna be able to like I'd I reason yeah. my way out of it. However,
2: oh
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I like all of the the things that I do really well. I, I love it about hunting season in the sense that it's compartmentalized. So like you only have you know a certain span, whether that's September to November or if you do uh, spring right. hunting. But like throughout all of the winter, I'm able to think about what I did well and what I didn't do well. And it's yep. like preparing for that season to come again, to be able to solve those problems and do more than that. Even True. It, 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 it's powerful, man. And that is that's incredible. I'll have to remember that the next time that I'm doubting myself for the morning.
2: <laughs> but dude, I still have the same problem. Like I still do that for myself. Really? And Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, every, every single time I'm like, ah, there's only one day left and no, I'm not going to go. And, and sometimes I win and sometimes I'm like, no, Emery, stop. Freaking suck it up and go. You know, like, and then even if I go and nothing happens, I'm like, man, the forest is beautiful at freaking six o'clock in the morning. Like, it is beautiful out here. You can't beat this. Like, I got, I captured a sunrise. You know, what did you do this morning? Well, I, I slept until nine. And then I'm like, well, I woke up on the hillside with the sun. You know, and at a minimum, I'm like, I got a really cool sunrise in and I'm home to tell you about it. And I'm having a nice cup Mm -hmm. of coffee, you know, so I still struggle with it. But I also like to think that, you know, each time I go through that, I get better at it. You know, hopefully Mm -hmm. one day I don't even think about it. And I'm just like, yeah, we're getting up because it's one day left. You never know what's going to happen. (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that attitude, and just thinking of, like, my experience from going from day hikes all the way up until now, and, and on board, I've experienced that year after year and season after season, because I remember when I would go camping, and I was going to go on my first backpacking trip, and I packed up, I got there at like, I don't know, it was, what, three o'clock in the afternoon, first time ever deep out into a trail, and mm-hmm. I was about to lay out camp, and I'm like, you know what? I just want to be in my bed. And then I picked up and turned around. And then every time that I went out thereafter, I at least I pushed myself a little bit further and a little bit further.
2: Yes, I've been there, man. I have been there, (laughs) and I know exactly what you're talking about. And and but that's and some people might look and be like, oh well, I can't believe you didn't you you brought all that stuff out there and you left and and went home. Yeah, (laughs) but then check it out. The next time you went out. You built upon that, and the, and then one day soon you're gonna go on this epic backpacking trip, or where something's gonna happen, you're gonna be like, wow, I've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what it's all about, you know. It doesn't matter, you know, where you started and where you came from. Like it, 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 it matters where you're going, you know. Like, mm-hmm. cool. As long as you keep on building on the experience, like, like you said, man, it's flexing that muscle. Like, I think that's a great example. Hmm.
1: Hmm. And it's when you're in those experiences, regardless of the of the faces that they hold or the activity that it is, it just exposes you to a more nuanced, mm-hmm. I, I guess, level of joy and something like I, I've never like the level of excitement that I've had when I, I spent two years chasing mule deer, and mm-hmm. for me to be able to get within stalking range of mule deer, for instance, like. Very few things are comparable to that. Yeah, dude. It, it, just all that preparation and all that you know—the the emotions, negative and positive—that's wrapped up in it.
2: Yep. And all the knowledge that you've had to put together over those years. Man. <laughs> and that's that. What's cool about that is that some of my some hear that and be like, "Well, you're just sneaking up on a gear, It's not that big of a deal." And you're like, "No, it actually kind of is because I ne- like, you don't know the amount of effort that I've put into." that mm-hmm. moment, you know, and even if you're successful, you're unsuccessful, the fact that you're, you're getting closer and closer each time, man, that's a skill set. And, and I was talking to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the journal, not hunting or, um, the back, uh, beyond the kill podcast, but I was talking to, yeah, to the, the host on there recently. And I was like, dude, hunting is an art form, you know, backpacking is an art form. Like th- the idea that, you're out there building upon these different skill sets like the outdoors is like this canvas and it's whatever you want to do with it you know it's like do you want to go hunting with it okay well here's this this is how this picture's built do you want to go take pictures of it well this is how this canvas you know and you're just building your own little canvas and it's an to me it's an art form in that you're putting all these different skill sets together you're learning about terrain you're learning about animals you're learning about vegetation time You know, thermals, wind, you know, all these different things, and you're putting it all together in hopes that that one moment, that one moment that you've taken all that education results in meat on a table, and you can share that meat with your friends. And even if it's just beef jerky, you can hand out that beef jerky to your friends and be like, you know what this is? This is the animal that I harvested on this mountain after two and a half years or three years or four years or whatever it was, or a lifetime worth of education and experience
1: that's a powerful meal
2: to share with someone yeah dude i think it's super cool man i mean that's what that's why i think people get so passionate about hunting is that like they're so emotionally wrapped up in it and when someone threatens that um that that art form um they get pretty i don't know they just get pretty worked up about it but uh i think that's just like anyone else you know you you um harp on someone's art form and say it's not uh worthy and they're going to get pretty passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. If you ever put somebody into a situation where it feels like they are being attacked, even if it's not mm-hmm. that person's intention, the new yep. jerk reaction oftentimes is defend, defend, and, you know, you're the, you know, bad guy or there's mm-hmm. sides now. And, and yeah. I, I, what I what I like about how the conversation towards hunting is going, just at large um, is that narrative coming out of it? it because there's, you know a lot of is wrapped in a lot of misconceptions. Um, whether or not that's popularized media um, and people had didn't have an idea of what hunting was, but people like yourself, you know, talking about it and people are exposed to to what it what it is. And even like backcountry, um, like being out or not backcountry, but hiking in the backcountry, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people who, who have misconceptions about. Oh yeah, it. you're going to get eaten by a bear. <laughs> it's so easy. You're going to die. Or, like, how are you not going to get lost? And well, just like you said, if, if you learn this knowledge and implement this knowledge, then you can ensure that you're relatively safe.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I can't believe you landed on the moon. And then you talk to the astronaut that landed on the moon, and he's like, yeah, we landed on the moon, and this is how we did it. And you're like, you freaking launched someone into the space, but then you talk to the engineer, and you're like, yeah, this is how we launched them into space. not that big of a deal. I mean, it's kind of cool, but, like, it's not that big of a deal. If you think about this, exactly. and they nerd out, and they show you the equation and how they did it, and you're like, it's totally safe. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This just sounds crazy, you know. So it's all it's all knowledge-based, right? And you just have to, yeah, it's just education. Education is the key, right? Like teaching people, being open to different concepts, and, and that's, yeah, it's all part of being alive.
1: Exactly. And education and, and also um, remembering uh, our humanity, I suppose, because oh. even if someone is like a vegan and they're proselytizing, you could say mm-hmm. the same thing about a religious person proselytizing or a hunter mm-hmm. proselytizing. Like yep. there's, we're just people, and at the very end of the day we seek fulfillment and, you know, we get lost in our gains and stuff like that, but they just have many different faces. It's the same iteration
2: oh yeah i was i mentioned that the other day on that um to on that podcast i was like man you know you know you start putting let's not let's put the people in front of you know like let's learn about the people behind these things you know whether you disagree with them politically or religion like or whatever action whatever whatever it is let's let's learn about the people like what do we have in common as people and then Start there, you know, start with the person first and then work out to the belief system.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Is um, do you have any like advice for anybody who's looking to get into uh backcountry hiking? Um, yeah,
2: yeah, man. I, you know, my my best advice for someone that is like, I think of my my avatar of someone that's like. I want to, i I'm curious about backpacking that sounds kind of cool. I'm just very uncomfortable with it and i've I've been hiking maybe I don't really know, but i you know that's you know it looks pretty cool in pictures you know my my best advice to someone is like one stay inside your comfort zone and work up to it if if staying in the woods overnight sounds terrifying, go day hiking until you're to the point where you're you are more comfortable staying in the woods overnight with someone that you're comfortable, comfortable with. Um, I would say step up in very incremental stages. Uh, don't go crazy out of the gate. Um, don't go climb Everest if you've never climbed a mountain before. Um, because in my opinion, the most important thing about being in the outdoors is enjoying yourself. Mm -hmm. So, The last thing that I would ever want someone to do is go out and have a miserable experience and never want to do it again. So I would say set yourself up for success. If you want to go out and you want to go backpacking, don't go crazy miles. Go to somewhere that you know is you're going to enjoy it and it's going to be nice weather and you bring things that are very comfortable. You know, you're you're not going crazy in either direction. You're just kind of right down the middle with a bunch of stuff. Um, that's going to give you the, the best experience you can. If you want to camp near a lake, go find a lake to camp near. If you want to camp near a river, do that. Do what sounds good so that you enjoy it and then work up from there to, to bigger and better challenges that, uh, you'll be even more comfortable with doing. So incremental, I guess to wrap up, like incremental improvements and, and stages and then ensure that you set yourself up for success, you know, do what you are comfortable with doing and build upon that.
1: Yes, yeah, incremental success. I like that.
2: And and lastly, I think, you know, everyone's afraid of the dark in the wilderness because it's kind of in your blood <laughs> to, to be afraid. Like your ancestors were afraid of lions and tigers and all those things and saber-toothed tigers. Like they were all afraid of these things. Like being afraid of the dark is actually a natural thing you should be on the high alert because when the sun goes down the predators come out and your bloodline tells you you should be afraid of of animals in the dark it's just vulnerable. accept that and and build upon the confidence you that confidence will come you know you will get better at it um your fear the more you spend out there the more comfortable you're going to get and your fears will drop off. And the toughest of the tough is just as afraid. You talk to any rugged hunter or outdoorsman, and they're going to be like, yeah, I've had a number of really creepy experiences in the woods, and it's all in my mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that because oftentimes we see these people doing incredible things, and it looks inaccessible. However, Oh, it. yeah. It
2: yeah. There. there are some freaks out there that actually do crazy things right off the bat, but most of us are not <laughs> freaks. <laughs>
1: That's sometimes my problem. I got to tell myself to tame it down because I'll, like, I'll go and then I'll try to do this awesome trip, and then I'll blow it, and the gravel is very, very helpful.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's all about having a good time, setting yourself up for success. That's that's my – and the, that's just the the best way to go about it, man. Have fun. Like, you don't got to go – backpacking is so funny. I used to think that you had to go, oh, I I, I got to go 15 miles before I'm backpacking. You can go three miles. And as long as you're tossing stuff on your back and you're hiking somewhere and making camp and coming back home, that's backpacking. So if it's one mile, two miles, three miles, or 30, you're back. Woo! Emory got me
0: fired up. That's right. I was up in the mountains this weekend. And there was a bunch of snow. However, it was melting quickly. I can't wait to get out there. With my son, I'd always take him on these huge journeys. And, man, it was daunting. However, talking to Emery has caused me to tone it down a little bit and be a little more gradual and just focus on the experience of being out in the wilderness. It's friends like Emery that provide me with a refreshing perspective of why I'm in the outdoors. You Please go check him out at Byland.co and you can listen to his podcast and his blog. I'm fascinated with this relationship of discomfort in seeking challenges as a way of fulfilling yourself. When I was a child, I struggled with purpose. But these kinds of activities fill me with a sense of purpose that is unparalleled. That no thing could necessarily buy. And at every level, I discover who I am, and what I'm capable of. And I bond with those around me even more. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you liked it, please rate, review, and share on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you happen to find this podcast. You can have it over to becominghumanpodcast.com. Drop me a line if you want me to pursue any topics that are interesting to you. Till next time,
2: bye.